When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back, Ricky. Episode 127 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. The 2022 FIFA World Cup preview. In less than eight days, eight days, right? Nine days? We're going to have Zoe's off. You have difficulty reading and carrying over the zero and the numbers and bringing it divided. And so let's not do the days. I know people might get confused out there. The FIFA World Cup is starting now, Robbie boy. It's underway. Here we go. November 20th kicks off the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Rob, Qatar is the smallest country ever to host the World Cup. It's the first country in the Arab world to host the World Cup. There's a lot of firsts happening, Rob. Due to the extreme heat in this part of the world during the summer months, this will be the first ever World Cup not played in the month of June. It's going to be played, as you mentioned, starting in November and concluding on December 18th. We're also going to see women Referee in the World Cup games this year for the first time ever. Very, very cool. Of course, there's always going to be new extravagant stadiums. We're going to talk about a sobering up zone in guitar. And Rob, the United States are back. America is back in the World Cup. Could they win? Could we get a first-time winner? Will France repeat billions around the globe? We'll be watching. We've got everything anybody needs to know about the World Cup right here on episode 127 of the Brothers Brant podcast. 127, 
the FIFA World Cup. Lots of firsts here, Rick. Rick, how long has the World Cup been going on for? So this is the 92nd year of the World Cup, Rob. It was founded in 1932, and it will be the 22nd running of the FIFA World Cup because they do them every four years. It's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait. Rob, give us some fun facts about how many people are actually going to be glued to their TVs. Yeah. So, Rick, I'll I'll give you the fun fact right here. Uh, in 2006, it was a record. 26 billion people watched the 2006 World Cup. That's, that's with a B. That's a billion. B. That's, that's a ninth of the entire world's population watched the World Cup. And growing up in the United States, Rick, uh, soccer is put on the back burner. Uh, you know, I played in college. You played football in college. And it's just really amazing when I played in college and soccer, soccer in college for uh, I, I just forgot that it was like such a huge thing around the world. And our team consisted of 25 players. 20 of them were international players. And it's it's just the the sports love language of the world. Everybody loves soccer. It it's brings true. the world together. In the United States, we always put the Super Bowl up on a pedestal, football, but the real sport of the world is football, known as soccer, and people are going to be glued to their TVs this coming November, December, watching all these teams from around the world. I did some digging here, Rob. More fun facts about the World Cup. Lay it on me, Ricky. Lay it on 17. 17 countries have hosted the World Cup before. This will be Guitar's first ever time hosting it here in 2022. It's coming four years from now to North America. The United States, Canada, and Mexico will jointly host the 2026 World Cup. And it's going to be, for the first time ever, a field of 48 nations. Currently, the World Cup has been made up of 32 nations from around the world. Well, the next time the World Cup is played in North America, we'll see 48 countries participating. But this will be the last one now for 32 teams. Which, Rick, I think is a smart move for football, for soccer, because you want more teams. in it. You want more teams to participate in it. There's qualifications. Obviously, you got to keep you got to you have good teams in there. But if it's the World Cup, I feel like every team should have a shot at it you know, and all these qualifications. Cause it's, it's intense. Like team USA didn't make it last year. Uh, Italy, Italy, Rick, Italy, Italy is not playing this year because they didn't qualify. Now shame on them for not qualifying, but still that's, that's kind of embarrassing for an entire nation to sit out four years, to wait another four years to have their team participate in it. I agree with you, Rob. It's all about growing the game, getting more nations involved. It's going to be awesome. This World Cup, though, Rob, is going to be, like I said before, the first in the Arab world and only the second ever in the continent of Asia. Crazy. So that side of the world is going to get a chance to experience and host the world's biggest spectacle in sports. Now, Qatar, it's the smallest country to have ever hosted the World Cup by a lot. Like the next smallest country to have ever hosted the world cup is switzerland and switzerland is three times the size wow this this world cup it's going to be known as the most compact 
World Cup ever because everything's so closely connected to each other, where all the teams are staying, where all the stadiums are located. It's going to be the first World Cup where teams aren't going to have to hop on a small plane to get to their stadium where they're going to be playing their next game. Everything's going to be in driving distance. Well, I think it was, uh, it wasn't 2018, might have been 2014's World Cup, or might even have been like 2010's, where it was in Brazil, and Brazil is huge, and you're right, they had to hop on planes six hours away, you know, six hour flights away, Um, one team was playing in a certain area of Brazil where the humidity was absolutely disgusting and then like another one was playing on the coast where there was no humidity so this is going to be really interesting to see the the weather being the same about think about rob like in four years when the world cups here in north america teams are going to be hopping on flights from dallas to la from canada to mexico so yeah logistically this one's a breeze yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, another fun fact. So we talked about the World Cup starting on November 20th. Guitar, the host country, always plays in the first match. So they're actually going to be playing against Ecuador. And the World Cup concludes with its championship match on December 18th, which is Guitar's national day. It's the nation's recognition of their unification back in 1878. It's the equivalent of the 4th of July for those folks. So think about how cool that is. Like you've got the world cup, all these matches and the championship match happens on the 4th of July, basically for this country. It's awesome. That's amazing. So well it's going to be a spirited, spirited experience for everybody involved. And this is also going to be the first Rick. I think you mentioned it in the preview that uh, the world cup is not played in May, June or July because of the extreme heat. In Qatar, it's going to be in November. So this is going to be a first for that. And going back to the logistics that we talked about, in four years, it's going to be L.A., Mexico City, Dallas, New York, Toronto. All these places have mega stadiums already built in place for NFL, for soccer, for everything going on. Qatar actually had to construct six new stadiums, or they had to construct multiple new stadiums um, for this event, six out of the eight stadiums are located in Qatar's capital of Doha. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Making it the World Cup to have the most of its stadiums in the same city. And Doha has a population of about three million people, which is somewhere between Los Angeles and the size of Chicago. Um, so just to give you an idea of how small this country is, um, Doha's known for it is known for its mini version of Dubai due to its futuristic architecture and is located off the Gulf of uh, Persia, Persian Gulf. Yeah, Rob, it's pretty cool. I was actually checking out some things online, looking at some images and uh, what a unique place of the world that probably nobody ever gets to. And the World Cup is going to fortunately highlight that area of the world. And it's going to be unique to see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also, you and I are stadium junkies. So I couldn't be more excited to check out these stadiums. I was Googling them a bunch and they look pretty sweet. They're described as being zero waste venues. And get this, you mentioned how five of them were newly constructed stadiums for the World Cup. Well, 
they somehow were able to design, shout out to all the engineers, they designed these stadiums, which hold about 40, 50, 60,000 fans to somehow, after the World Cup is over, have the stadiums disassembled, the upper tiers of the stadiums will be taken away, removed, and then donated to countries with less developed sports infrastructure. So we always hear about these World Cups spending absurd amounts of dollars to build new stadiums, and then they just sit there, they deteriorate. Uh, it just actually ends up being like a sore eye for a lot of these countries decades down the road. So smart, smart thinking here. They built these stadiums that somehow, I can't wait to see what this looks like, but they'll be taking the top tiers away and sending them to other places around the country uh, and in the world. So I love that, man. Really cool. Yeah. And you're so right. I mean, not to paint a bad picture of the World Cup, but it is a financial tax burden. Like it's great to have the World Cup for the publicity of your country, but you really have to be able to withstand the traffic, the everything that goes into it. So building the stadiums, the infrastructure, roadways, airports, things like that. So um, it just Couple. seems like, it just seems like as things progress, they're going to choose countries that are more well-prepared versus countries that have to build things out. But Qatar is, is unreal and they have more money than God. Yeah. And their stadiums, Rob. So get this eight stadiums are being used for the world cup. Only one of them is enclosed originally when they first had made their proposal to get the world cup, they talked about having all of their stadiums enclosed because of the high, high heats that they get. They were anticipating having to pump in AC, but then knowing they could switch it into November, December, where it's not nearly as hot, they ended up deciding to change their stadium design a little bit, and only one of them are going to be enclosed. Mm -hmm. Now, six of them seat roughly 40,000 fans. There's one that sits 60,000 fans, and then the one that will be used for their opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, championship match, and several other matches is an 80,000-person seat stadium, which we're very accustomed to here in the United States. Yes. Now, do you want to talk about the alcohol consumption in the World Cup, or would you rather I? Um, why, don't you, why don't you handle that one, Ricky? <laughs> Listen, it'd be my honor and privilege to talk about... Considering you don't most... drink. <laughs> Rick? consumption it is illegal to consume alcohol in the entire country but hello not sure what happened there that's good old xfinity Com all right don't sweat it. I'll start over. You ready? Yeah, you're good, man. All right. All right. So, Rob, get this. Guitar, they don't allow alcohol consumption in their entire country. I mean, think about that. And they awarded the World Cup, and you got all these nations, all these fans. Everybody's coming there for the games. So they partnered, and they said, we're going to make an exception during the World Cup. We're going to create what are called sobering up zones. 
these zones are going to be designated for folks that want to enjoy a, a nice beer or cocktail. And uh, they have to go to these zones if they're, you know, intoxicated. And they'll only be permitted to leave when they can display, quote, clear-headed behavior. This is an alternative that was set up in Qatar for the World Cup as an alternative to a wide-scale arrests for intoxicated fans. So uh, they're pulling out all the stops to make sure people enjoy themselves. All right, time out, time out. George Costanza, beep, 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 back it up. I am not going to Qatar if that's the scenario. Like anyone that drinks and likes to enjoy themselves, especially seeing, you're not trying to get political with all this stuff, but like Brittany Griner and seeing what happened with her, with, you know, her carrying whatever it was, you know, I do not want to get arrested and thrown in Qatar prison. Thank you very much. I am good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rob, I mean, there's some rumors and articles that I've read over the last couple of weeks where the country is literally paying fans from around the world. They're going to pay their flights. They're going to pay their hotel costs. They're going to give them some spending money. And they're trying to bring people in to bring like positive PR. Really? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild, actually. I considered submitting my uh, application, <laughs> but decided not to. I'm going to watch <laughs> it on TV. I'm sure if they had a chat, like you haven't had a drink about a sip of alcohol in, de in like a decade or like 15 years or something like I'd that. I'd be fine. I'd be fine. Yeah. You'd be living it up, man. Well, listen, time. that's just bizarre. I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever read in the history of reading sports articles. Let's talk a little bit now about the play on the field and the pitch, they call it. Let's talk a little bit about the qualification process. So it's really like everybody gets focused on the World Cup when it comes around. It's about a month-long event. We've talked about how only 32 teams participate, but there are qualification rounds and tournaments mm -hmm. and things that take place for the three years leading up to the world cup yep. that ultimately narrows down who's going to be the participating nations. So um, it's just, you know, interesting to think that um, we all get excited for this one month out of the year, but these teams and these countries are really, it's a three, four year process to try to get to the world cup. Yeah, it's uh it's a big deal. I mean, for people that follow soccer and soccer is like probably one of the most confusing sports to follow just because there's so many different leagues, so many different uh, events happening. It, it's tough to keep up with. Even as a soccer fan, it's tough. You got uh, English Premier League, then you got something called the Champions League, then you got World Club qualifiers going on. It's just nonstop. <laughs> yeah, MLS now is becoming super popular in the United yeah. States. Now, Rob, the only nation that doesn't need to qualify through some sort of like tournament is the host nation, which is why Qatar is making their debut in the world cup. They likely would have not <laughs> been in the world cup had they not decided to host. It. It's like, it's like the kid that doesn't get invited to parties to in high school decides to throw a party at his house. Cause he knows he'll get invited. Yeah. Which is funny because a lot of times those houses were the ones that got absolutely obliterated during those parties. So <laughs> I can only imagine what's going to happen to guitar in oh a month God. from now. Oh God. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know what might happen, Rob? Brazil. Brazil might win the world cup. And the reason why I say that is because they are the most successful nation. They've won five titles. That's the most by any country 
ever. And they're the only team to have played in every World Cup. So Brazil's a team to look out for. Brazil's a team to look out for. You got France as the 2008 champions who won in Russia. That's another 2018. 2018. 2018. They're the defending champions. That's correct. You got Germany and Italy. Both of those have won four times each. As you mentioned, Italy not participating, but uh, in the history of the World Cup, they've been one of the more dominating nations. Yes. Yes. So 32 teams qualify for the uh, the World Cup. And then there's a um, there's also a knockout stage. So, Rick, why don't you explain how the World Cup works? Like when, you know, sure, we're watching sure. this. Yeah. Happy to explain and walk through it for perhaps maybe some first time viewers of the World Cup or just fans that want to roll up their sleeves a little bit more. Dive a little bit deeper into the matches and really understand what's happening. So. It initially will start with the 32 teams in the group stage. Now, all 32 teams, they compete. No group will ever have more than two European teams in it. Each group plays a round-robin tournament in which each team is scheduled for three matches against the other teams in their same group. The top two teams from each group, they advance to the knockout stage. And what you do is when these matches are being played in the group stage, you accumulate points. So there's these different points values that are awarded depending on the results. So for example, if a team wins one of the matches in the group stage, they are awarded three points. If you tie, if the match ends in a tie, you get one point. And if you lose, you get zero points. So you take all these matches, you play them, and the team's that have the nations that have the two top two points, they advance on to the knockout stage. Now, there is an instance where the second and third ranked teams could have the same amount of points. Rob, I read the long list of tiebreakers. It's absurd. Uh, goal differential is one. Yeah, give it. Give us a rundown. They even have, I'm not going to go into all of it. I mean, because it's a long list. Yeah. They have to the point where yellow cards and red cards received throughout the group stage factor into it. So like worst case scenario, things are absolutely tied through the dozen of tie breaking scenarios. Yeah. If you got one more red card or a yellow card, than the other team basically displaying not great sportsmanship, um, you will cost your team a chance from advancing on to the knockout stage. So um, just that was really eye opening. I was not aware of how intense that was. Yeah, Rick, for a non soccer fan, the uh, point differential, like the goals for the goals against um, corner kicks, the, like it's this goes back to middle school. Like when I played in my tournaments, like we would have ties and then it would come down to goal differential. Right. 
And the average, you know, American football fan or basketball fan is not aware of that, right? They're just like, all right, whatever, you know, very rarely does it end in a tie. (laughs) It's something to keep in mind while you're watching the group stage, all 32 teams, you know, keep an eye out for that type of stuff. And, And And it happens, Rick, because this group stage, it's four teams in each group. They play a round robin, so they each have three games. And it happens where, you know, the second and third place team have one win each, a tie, and a loss. It happens. It's going to happen in this World Cup, and it's going to come down to point point differential or something else. That's why you got to run it up, Rob. You got to run it up on your opponent, score as many goals as you can, no and don't mercy. give up any goals. No mercy. Show them why they're here. Show them why they're here. No mercy. Exactly. So these 32 teams, which, oh, by the way, 24 of them this year are returning from the 2018 World Cup. And as I mentioned earlier, the United States, they didn't qualify. So they're back. They're excited to be one of these teams. We're back, back. baby. We're back. Yeah. And we'll see if they can advance. So the next stage is called the knockout stage. And that becomes a single elimination tournament. And extra time and shootouts, they're applicable in these matches because you have to have a winner. You can't have a draw. You got to have a winner in these scenarios. It begins with the round of 16, also known as the second round, in which the winner of each group plays against the runner-up of each group. So it's very beneficial to do extremely well in the group stage so that when you go to the second round, you're playing a team that advanced out of the group stage from another group, but it wasn't somebody who probably dominated and is probably one of the higher ranking teams. There's upsets, don't get me wrong, but the winner of a group will play the runner up of a group. And then you move into the semifinals, uh, excuse me, the quarterfinals with eight teams, then the semifinals with four teams. And then there is a third place match between the losing semifinals teams before the championship match takes place. Wow, Rick, thanks for explaining that. That's uh... No, I wanted to break it down. I also wanted to talk a little bit about our team, America, America. They're back in the World Cup, Rob. They're the the youngest team ever to represent America. The average age is less than 25 years. That is bonkers, Rob. Youngest team ever for the United States in a World Cup. Personally, makes me a little nervous. I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know what you think, but... We got a young squad heading over to uh, the Arab world. Yeah, there's pros and cons to it. You know, lack of experience, but also sometimes lack of experience. They don't have that those negative experiences to draw upon. And they're just so excited to be there that they're playing at the next level. And a lot of these, you know, players that are on on Team USA um, and this goes for every team. They're they're not only playing for their country, which is obviously the most important thing but they're playing on a national stage uh international stage a world stage that is going to get them recognition and could you know significantly benefit them in their career and getting signed to a massive club for uh, an absurd amount of money and and life-changing events right here so i think this young blood crew of people that want to want to strive to take it to the next level I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be real good. I think they're going to get out of the group stage. I can't say how far they're going to go, but they're going to get out of the group stage for sure. If they go to the championship and they win it, Rob, 
they will win $42 million towards their national soccer program. That's what's at stake right here. And you talk about um, why there's a handful of dominating nations in the world and perennial powerhouses. It's because they have the funding to do the things that they need to do with their facilities, their coaches. And it would be a game changer for a team to win this championship this year because they'd get $42 million put into their program which would be huge. Rob, I can't go any further without talking about Pearl Island. And I know the listeners on this podcast are saying to themselves, Rick, what is Pearl Island? Why are you bringing up Pearl Island? And this is the depths of the Brothers Brandt podcast. You're only going to find stuff like this on the Brothers Brandt podcast. Get this, the United States. So all the teams are flying over They're there already. They're getting ready. They're going to spend a month or two there. And they put them up in hotels and different places, um, close proximity. We talked about this being the most compact World Cup ever. The United States team is staying at a hotel resort on Pearl Island, which is an artificial island that cost $15 billion to create back in 2006. Before Guitar's oil boom, which is how they become such a wealthy nation, it was one of the major pearl traders of Asia. And this island, 20 years or so ago, got man-made and built on the major pearl diving site. I, You got to Google this thing, Rob. I looked at it online. It is ridiculous. Pearl okay. Island, yeah, pearl check island. it out. We just couldn't believe that it was man-made. People are staying there. The United States will be there. And I don't know, call me crazy. Pearl Island, 25-year-old squad, could get a little wild. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I want to root for the U.S. I want them to go far. But you put those two together, we'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say, Rob. We'll get into predictions coming up. I had mentioned earlier We've got women refereeing these matches for the first time ever. That's going to be really cool. Can France repeat? Brazil looking to win for the first time in 20 years. Can Belgium, Belgium, Spain, or Mexico make a run at it? Will Messi or Ronaldo make a memorable impact? Let's get into the predictions, Rick. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are liking England, Argentina, Germany to dethrone the defending champions. All right, here's what I think, Rob. We're going to go group by group. stage group by group? We're going to go group by group, and I'm going to read it off for our listeners. We got Group A, the host nation, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Who do you got advancing out of Group A, Rick? I got to admit, I'm excited. November 20th, watching the first opening match, Qatar, Ecuador, going at it. Uh, probably, geez, it's going to be a long, long time before we see Ecuador uh, and Guitar playing in another World Cup, just because who knows if Guitar will ever be there. But hey, call me crazy. I like Ecuador and the Netherlands. I really think the Netherlands are going to dominate this group and uh, Ecuador will be our runner up. Well, Rick, that's exactly what I got. So we're going to keep moving on to Group B. Group B, we got England, Iran, USA and Wales hit me with it. Give me those one, two advancing. Sure. No doubt about it. I think England is going to dominate this group. I think Iran is going to play very well in advance as well. What do you think? 
You think Iran is going to advance out of USA and Wales? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, I'm going England and USA, but Wales, I mean, Garrett Bale, that guy is an absolute machine, a little bit older, uh, but he just had an epic, epic win for LAFC. I don't know if you watched this game. It was Philadelphia Union versus LAFC. Garrett Bale is the captain of Wales. He's the, he's arguably the greatest player to ever play for Wales. And he got signed by LAFC. They they brought him in with three minutes left in the game. He had a miraculous header to tie the game, send it into overtime, went into PKs, and he just won the MLS Cup. Now, it's the MLS Cup. I get it. But Wales could be sneaky here. But I'm going England and Team USA. Some people, Rob, say that that was the greatest soccer match of all time. That was unbelievable, that MLS championship game. Yes. Moving on to Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Who you got? I love Argentina to come out of this. I love Mexico to come out of this group and advance to the next knockout stage. All right. Well, we are aligned right there, my friend. I got Argentina running away with it. Mexico in second place. Moving on to Group D, we got France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. The defending champions for me, Rob, are going to come out looking good. I'm feeling good. They're going to advance. France it is. I like Denmark as well. Okay. Yep. We are aligned on that as well. Uh, Unfortunately, Australia and Tunisia, uh, I don't think they're going to make the cut this go around here. And next up, we have Group E. And Group E, Rick, is a special group. Um, I'm going to explain this for the listeners. This is what we call the group of death in World Cup. Uh, You know, you fight three years to make it to the World Cup. Then you get randomly selected through like a raffle system, like basically a lottery system to find out what group you're in. And unfortunately, there's always a group with three to four powerhouses where unfortunately only two can advance. So group E is stacked with powerhouses here. And I'm curious to see who you're going to have advanced. We got Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. All eyes are going to be on this group, Rob. I love Spain and I love Germany. I think Germany is going to be a team that can go far in this World Cup. How about yourself? Rick, uh, we, we nailed it. I got I got Germany advancing on top of Spain. Uh, Costa Rica is a very good team. Japan is very good as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Costa Rica somehow sneaks their way into that uh, second spot, though. So watch out for Costa Rica. Group F, we're moving on. We got Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. It just sounds like a fun group to be a part of. Just a really good group of people. <laughs> Everybody's having a good time. Probably the most positive, uplifting group of them all. Uh, absolutely. But give me Belgium and Croatia. You're going, okay. Yep. Yep. Hey, Croatia made a heck of a run in 2018. And I think they're going to keep that going. I think it's going to be Belgium and Croatia as well. Moving on to Group G, we got the Brazilians, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Who you got out of this one, Rick? Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. And I like Switzerland as well. Swiss? Me too. I love Swiss. (laughs) We're going Brazil and Switzerland there for sure. And then Group H, to round it out, Rick, we got Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic. 
Uruguay slips in. Portugal dominates this group. Those are the folks that I think are moving on to the knockout stage. Who do you think rounds out the group of 16? Rick, I am going with uh, I'm going with Portugal, and I wanted to put Uruguay in there. They got a lot of great talent. They have a lot of great players, but I'm going Ghana, baby. Let's go Ghana, the African nation. I think that they're going to pull it out. They have some really great talent on their team. Hey, listen, either way you slice it, Rob, the matches are going to be fun. I can't wait to get to the knockout stage when the intensity of winner goes on, loser goes home, has to wait another four years to get back. Those matches are going to be so intense. I think this is going to be one of the best World Cups. I cannot wait to watch the matches. Give me your championship prediction. Who are the two teams battling to hoist the trophy? Rick, I'm going to go. It's a it's a clash of South America. We have Brazil versus Argentina somehow. And I mean, you don't know how it's going to shake out. Like, I don't know how it's going to shake out in terms of like the knockout stage, but I hope this happens where it's Argentina versus versus Brazil and Brazil's going to win it. It's going to be their first win since 2002. Heavy favorites. Wow, that would be an epic World Cup championship match. I would love to see that. I think on December 18th, we're all going to be watching England defeating Germany. I think it's going to be a European final. I think England defeats Germany. Like I said, however it plays out, Rob, it's going to be a fun, fun thing to watch. Billions around the world are going to be watching, just like the billions listening to the Brothers Brand podcast today. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. We're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.